Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of our One Earth podcast and this is your host for the day Nemeth Singh. The episode is brought to you by Mash Project Foundation. The One Earth series by Mash is an initiative where we bring together perspectives from leading industry experts working across sectors who set out to make a difference in climate sustainability and ESG mainly through research, webinars and podcasts. It has been recognized that textile production is one of the most polluting industries. It produces 1.2 billion tons of greenhouse gas emissions, more than the emissions of international flights and maritime shipping put together. According to the UNFCC, carbon emissions from the apparel industry set are set to cross 60% by 2030 in Asian countries like India and China. Emerging fashion trends have increased the carbon footprint per garment due to coal fueled plants it has also been claimed that the production doubled from 2000 to 2014 and the purchase index of an average consumer increased by 60% this led to a fast fashion cycle wherein consumers are purchasing clothes for summer autumn spring and winter which has forced the fashion industry towards unsustainable fashion this means the sector produces high volumes of synthetic fibers polyester nylon wastewater and plastic In today's episode we understand sustainability initiatives along with their opportunities and challenges that have been adopted amongst the fast fashion leaders including sustainable supply chain management. Today we have a very special guest with me Mr Rahul Batra. Rahul Batra has exposure in the field of environment sustainability and grassroots social and community operations supporting rural women empowerment financial independence of the bottom of the pyramid and artisans. He brings to the table strategic level expertise across fashion and textile, banking, and mental physical healthcare industries. Hello, Rohan. How are you doing today? And welcome to One Earth Podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Nehmat. And it's lovely to be a part of an initiative which discusses these problems openly, uh, especially for the layman who wants to get into this field. It's such a wonderful opportunity for them to learn from the experts. and thank you again for like having me and spending our time together so that you know we can discuss and dwell more on these things thank you thank we you. are also happy to have you on our podcast today so rahul uh, as we see that you know the linear culture in the fashion industry is creating immense pressure on the resources we've been hearing and uh, we've been hearing talks about it like even podcasts about it and you know right from the production stage to the consumption the industry has been uh, working towards gaining more profit so could you highlight where the ma- major key major issues or the key issues within the industry that impacts the environment and affects climate change uh very well so you know uh, let me just tell you that you know industry definitely is one of the culprits that is overproducing over consuming the resources but it's not the only resource in only culprit in this game all right uh, so you know let me just bring you the other side of the coin here all right so uh, for example you know it's just an individual like me and you all right so it's all about a balanced life i'm just going to like you know narrate this in a little more sense over here so you know if i have a balanced life i work from 8 to 12 i go home i get to cook properly i get to like you know plan my weekends i get to meet my friends i get to do my shopping uh, you know what's happening right now is uh, the work has overtaken everything so the other priorities 
so what you do is at the end when you know oh yeah tomorrow my friends are coming or you know tomorrow i have a gathering there's an impulse shopping of fashion that has happened all right so if the consumer demands an impulse shopping at this point of time the industry is just providing it all right so yes the demand rose and so did the supply but where did the industry fail is where you know they did not innovate so the cotton has been grown since the time man has known the same cotton still grows now the same polyester uh, the i'm so sorry the linen which has been growing has been going on since now the innovation came in the years 90s where you know polyester came into field but you know again there's no innovation of how the polyester which was used in textile has been developed and recycled so what i'm trying to say is man has got this amazing opportunity but there's no not innovations that are being seen so you know there's a there's amazing amazing wealth even in terms of waste which is getting generated but there's a dearth of innovation from the industry side which we can bang on and we can definitely help these people planet everyone understood no i i really you know uh, like how you pointed out the demand and the supply point as well and uh, this also brings me to the next question which uh, where you talked about when you mentioned about innovations you know now that we the world is figuring out that the current practices are unsustainable and we need to find more sustainable solutions what according to you are uh, you know new innovations that could sustainably remodel the fashion industry and also if you could throw some light on how do you envision the concept of circular economy shaping up in the sector all right see innovations is not something that you know we don't know but we haven't been able to utilize it right so uh, man new polyester when it was invented right but polyester being extensively used in textile without knowing the end uh, was not something that you know we never innovated on all right so for example you know polyester could be a very useful thing for making a, a very solid road which has been in process right now but so not maybe uh, because see your medical industry today the entire covid industry tell me that you didn't have jabs but you took it them in the plastic syringe which is again a polyester it's a, it's also a life saving thing right you cannot ultimately say that you know uh, one textile in fiber or the other fiber without any innovations is only creating waste it's only that you know the dearth of innovation has led into it uh, so what we need to do is we need to move into more circular fibers so you know for the example uh, when i say circular or like more linear fibers which you know at the end of the life stage biodegrade so you know they don't leave any traces at the end of the life right so what we are still doing is because in terms of cheap fashion or say fast fashion we are still so dependent on polyester which could be used so amazingly in different opportunities like for example your medical your food and uh, beverage industry i mean to say imagine your chips which come in paper packaging and then there is a rain shower i mean to say that's 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 a waste of a packet of food right so what i'm trying to say is plastic should be used where it is being used where it is eventually effective and in you know, the clothing industry should benefit from a linear economy it doesn't have to be circular but it has to have an end a proper end where like you know it's it's like a man's life a man is birthed and then the man dies but it does not leave any trace in the earth similarly a garment has to be birthed a garment has to die it does not have to leave a trace on the earth so what i'm trying to say is like you know innovate 
wherever we can but you know there are possibilities because we are still not leaving the major proportion over here of polyester <laughs> that's what i'm trying to highlight out here so yes that is uh, circular economy uh, well you know circular economy is a very interesting concept but it's only only possible in polyester because that's the only person or the product which is going to live for 400 years so we need to make sure that it rotates again and again and make sure that generations which are going to come they are, they are also going to make it rotate but come on that's not a realistic uh, life that we are talking about right no mm-hmm. so again there there needs to be innovation circular economy sounds very good but it does not exist you can't recycle cotton what are you going to recycle it into you can't recycle linen you can't recycle your viscous model or uh, like your excel your you know other uh, can you recycle silk it's a degrade and it's a natural uh, component so what i'm trying to say is where it dies a natural death you don't need circular the only circular thing is plastic nylon and i'm sure you don't need to even use that in a longer run if you focus more on degradable substances absolutely no no that was that was a very interesting insight uh towards all the fibers that you know you mentioned uh so moving towards the supply chain does having production facilities in you know developing countries make it more complicated to push for transparency in the supply chain and could you reflect on some practices that you feel should be followed for you know having a more transparent supply chain Okay so you know transparency again is a very funny concept for me all right so for example you know the world uh, maximum population of the world say maybe like you know two thirds of the population of the world is situated in china and india and they are the maximum producer okay let let's not even argue about this concept all right so you know when we say the production is over here uh, say maybe india let's take a case of india i am an indian you are an indian so you know uh, say maybe i'm wearing a shirt which is made of parks right uh, the company raymond and you know uh, it's situated on mumbai so if i really have an urge to see what's happening uh, you know i might just go to raymond or i might talk to somebody over there but what's happening in transparency is when the western counterparts who's looking for the supplier they don't have it so you know uh, this is a very global concept so you know the western feel it's transparency but for us it's not basically so you know why are we talking about a western transparency system when it's you know uh, when they only push the entire supply and production into india and china so you know just because they wanted to safeguard their own countries from pollution was that the case or what was the case because you know transparency was never a problem because then there were thousands of certifications which were introduced and then they were like implemented on the indian companies and chinese companies Uh, whenever we walk into a fruit production facilities we hear that so have you done your okotex have you done your isos have you done so you know there are like more than 30 40 such implementation certifications you've done and still you cry that you know there's no transparency that's like you know a dog chasing its own tail right right so what i'm trying to say is if you have transparency issue if you have something and basically i don't see even any western brand which claims that they are transparent <laughs> after making sure that there are thousands and thousands of certifications in the place like you know uh, there might be one garment which they are tracing just to portray an example but you know what i'm trying to say over here is yes the load of certification increases but the transparency still remains a very naive concept for everyone 
because you know today again if you if you tomorrow come out with hey we need to get a transparency implemented there will be more five certifications coming into play the total will be 35 but you know where is this transparency going absolutely no that's because you know the, the certifications in textile industries have never been end to end there has been a certification which is for waste water and dyeing but that's only waste water and dyeing there has been certifications for fabrications and electricity there has been certifications of quality but you know from right from the cotton which is grown in the farms till the garment which is worn by the there is no single certification which is available and i don't think so uh, any country like a china or an india you're possibly going to implement something because your cotton is grown across india and then you know it's taken to delhi where the yarning is done then it's taken to south where you know the fabric is made how are you going to implement it geographically it's going to be challenging enough so you know what i'm trying to say is transparency is a very good word to hear <laughs> but it's not transparent to implement it <laughs> no that's wonderfully put out and i think you actually pointed out uh, the issue with you know how how can you become that transparent when the whole processes are taking place in various stages across countries so how do you go about it but no that's that's very wonderfully and you know nicely put out uh but do you see like uh, all these sustainability initiatives and uh, like do you feel like regulations would be possibly um a good way or a good tool to drive better practice forward in the sector or better sustainability initiatives forward uh with organizations and companies in the space i do believe so so for example like you know before pandemic nobody knew what a hand sanitizer or you know how to wash your hands uh ultimately not even masks in india because you know there were such a foreign concepts uh ultimately when you know the government started stressing it it was a regulation you couldn't enter exit you couldn't leave your own house right for that matter like you know when it becomes a mandate but pushed across seriously right uh for example like you know your ta- tax right at the end of your financial year mandatory you need to pay it or you know you don't get your idr returns so ultimately you don't get your visa you don't get your loans you don't so there are too many things which are dependent so today your aadhar is very important so there are regulations in place but you know this sustainability regulation it's going to take a lot of time because you know you don't have that unifying factor in the industry so for example what might be sustainable for a, a textile field might not be sustainable for a cement field or like so for example like you know so where does the government come and play its hand so for example like you know i am also into retail but is so the cement being sold to the customer is also from a retail outlet but you know their retail setup and my retail setup there's a huge difference their retail setup looks like a warehouse where you have gunny bags of cement but my looks like a posh five star hotel so what i'm trying to say is and you know electricity is an important criteria where retail wise when you spend it so how do you bring everyone on a unifying platform regulation definitely does and so does the government comes into the picture because it will always trickle from up but the only point is you know there's no unifying platform so for example like you know if i say i'm wearing a cotton shirt but then you know there's also an open regulation you can import cotton from china uh so where is that <laughs> you know there's no regulation that you know you have to follow something which is very apparent so bring everyone to a unifying platform and then you know i'm sure the regulations are going to fall into place 
and if strongly pushed forward yes you have a bright future uh, till that time you know let's see what happens because india is just taken a note of 2070 right. so future is bright but you know say hazy bright <laughs> i get your point no that was very insightful and uh, moving on to our last segment you know uh, you in fact even mentioned about this uh, in the first question when we were talking about the demand and the supply but moving to our last segment what can consumers or the ones who are listening to this podcast do to support a sustainable fashion ecosystem see from a consumer standpoint of view i would never like you know only uh, first of all i'm very sorry if i blame the consumers on the first <laughs> side uh, but you know you can't stop your friends birthday party it has to happen so you need a new dress uh, what my suggestions is like you know uh, uh, the industry is already bad mouthed because of its fast fashion and everything but you know most of it has been driven by the consumers the consumers drive everything right so uh, what i'm trying to say is like you know uh, here also if consumers have this initiative to be more sustainable uh, include small practices wherever you can so like you know uh, hand me downs or reuse the maximum like you know uh, there is fast fashion which has been bought which has been worn twice thrice but lays in your wardrobe so we did one of the wardrobe studies in one of my uh, old companies we found out that a women's closet is i'm just i'm just not being gender casted over here what i'm trying to say is we did it women's wardrobe because we were in women's wear market uh, so we found out that you know in a women's wear uh, women's wardrobe uh, 80% of a garment are once worn in the year once or twice and there's this 20% of a very comfortable wear that you know uh, uh, that's worn most of the time but that space which has been taken by that 80% like you know what i'm trying to say is could be utilized better right because you know uh, a garment should see its maximum usage before it's given out and then you know obviously uh, women are so powerful with their wardrobes i think like you know uh, these donations or hand me down could could do immense good work for example you know there are these charity organizations which work with the flood victims earthquake victims where you know you don't have rehabilitation centers they make these life packets where you know they include garments so what i'm trying to say is like you know the garments which you are done with but they are in good shape and good size like you know could be in a mint condition could be then given down as a hand me down and then you know what's what's happening over here is today uh, a 21st century boy or a 21st century girl has filled their wardrobes because of social media exposure uh, towards like occasions coming now and then uh, fashion getting cheaper but then there is no exit strategy right if you are entering into something you obviously should know an exit strategy so you know what's happening is there's an exit strategy which is missing so consumer here should channel or plan the exit strategy say maybe i'm the garment that i'm buying say maybe might have a shelf life of 2 to 3 years 2 to 3 years later i'm planning to hand it down or i'm but it becomes a part of their storage facility and then you know it becomes like an emotional attachment oh i worn it to this party or i worn it to that thing and you know and then uh, maybe say a shahrukh khan saw me wearing this dress and you know it becomes such an emotional thing that it's so hard to leave it out and everything maybe there could be an exit strategy <laughs> no that's that's very relevant and i think all of us need to start practicing this like thoroughly you know at least even if it's like 
on a yearly basis because that's what i started to adopt so yeah. even on yearly basis i was like okay let's by the end of the year i should like uh, see what clothes are in good condition and if i'm not going to ever wear them again i should like probably donate it right and and you know the worst part is uh, it's not only clothes i mean to say clothes is definitely you have your home furnishing your sofa covers your curtains your bed covers your i mean to say the cloth that you're wearing and don't tell me that you know we are only looking at clothes because you know even home market is a very big segment which is polluting your your like you know the other accessories in the home which is made of textile is again a very polluting industry but you know we have been focusing so stringently on wardrobe and we've been blaming that wardrobe and you know that's not the way out what i'm trying to say is like you know you look at your bed sheets at the end of the year what can be given what cannot be given what can be used in different purposes everything is everything is doable if it is given but you know then again there's a very sentimental values attached to it we humans do that we humans do have a tendency to attach sentimental values to everything and therefore it becomes very hard for us to like you know a part of the things so my uh, only suggestions to all the young practitioners out there it's going to be practice to leave whatever is causing destruction for your future that's going to be as simple you uh, know thank you so much for this rohan and uh, it was lovely talking to you and listening to your insightful experiences so if you liked our podcast then do like and share with your friends you can also visit our social media handles for more such content do not forget to follow at the rate mash project on social media i hope we all opt for sustainable choices to fight against climate change with that note we would like to bid goodbye to you all see you in the next episode <laughs>